0: We thank you for this moment in worship. We ask that you, rest upon us. Father, we ask that you give us the strength to win in worship during this season of our life. The cost of winning during this season, Father God, what are we going to give up? The cost? What are we willing to pay the cost to give up? And then, Father, what are we going to? To the place of surrender where we will say yes to your will, yes to your way, and yes to your plans for our life. That place of surrender that we will recommit, that we will commit whatever it might be in our life, personally mentally emotionally physically it could be in fitness it could be through finance, it, whatever it might be father we just don't want to pay the cost but father we want to surrender to something that is going to call you and to live in you father and so father god we thank you for this moment and so father we ask that you and so, Father, not only will we give up something willingly, not only will we give into something that we're going to surrender. Father, we want to give to something that is our sacrifice—the place where we will give cheerfully. It might be through an offering, it might be sowing a seed. It might be doing something charitable for someone. It might be doing acts of kindness. It could be paying your debt off or paying debt that you owe to someone. Whatever it might be, Father, we want to give to something. Something that matters. Something that will bring you glory. Father, it could be giving to building and rebuilding relationships with brothers. A father, a mother, a sister, or a brother, giving to our marriage or giving to our family or, or simply giving into our dreams the plans that you have for us. And so, Father, we thank you now and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Welcome to the, to the Rock Church this morning. We love you and we appreciate you. We thank God for all that he's doing in and through our life on today. And so, Father, we thank you that the grace of God and the peace of God will continue to rest with us. We're just excited on today. We have entered a season, lent Ash Wednesday started on Wednesday of this week where the entire body of Christ, the church universal goes into a season, 40 days of repentance of penance, 40 days of forgiveness, 40 days. Many people begin to ask, you know, what are the ashes and all of those different things? Well, number one, the ashes simply represent the dust that you and I were created from. Well, where do they get the ashes from, Bishop? The ashes are from last year's palms that were given out. They take those palms, either through mixing them with water oil, and they burn and they become ashes. And they place the ash upon the forehead as a symbol of what the church is going through in this season. Well, you know, what are we doing here? We just did consecration in the beginning, two different things. Lent is a season where you're not forced to do something. It's a season where you're not forced to to give up anything. And so that's why over these next 40 days, we're going to allow you to make the decision on what you want to give up. It doesn't have to be food. It, It could be something that you decide that you want to give up. And knowing that when you give it up, something is going to change in your life. And then that next phase, what are you going to give in? What are you, what are you, not you're just going to give up, but but what are you going to give in? What are you going to give in to? The place of surrender. There's a place in our life where God wants us to surrender. That, that, that could be in your faith. I, 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 I just want to really recommit my life to serving God in a way that He's called me to do it. It could be opening up your business. It could be starting it. It could be finishing it. Whatever it may be, that is the sacrifice. That is the cost that you're paying. The surrender. I want to say yes to that area in my life. Yes to his will. And then I want to give to something. I want to give to something. You heard me talk about it. It could be giving to a family member. It could be doing acts of kindness. Whatever it might be. I don't want to just do something to do it but I want to give into something that is going to create what a harvest that going to bless someone that's going to bring life to what I'm doing over this season I really want you to commit to that I really want you to be faithful in that area I think I'm having some issues here hallelujah can you guys hear me here all right So, yes, we're going to commit in that area as we prepare to honor the table on today in the remembrance of him. We're entering the third month of this year. We're in March already. Spring is on its way. Summer's on its way. And so we've been in a season of expansion. Started in January, coming through February, and now we're here in March And over these next four months, I really want you to really participate in these teachings. I want you to go to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And we're going to settle right around the verses of 24 and 27. Winning the race, enduring the race, living after the race is reflected In the discipline and preparation that it takes, that takes place before the race is ran. Winning the race, enduring the race, living after the race is reflected in the discipline and the preparation that it takes, that takes place before the race is ran. I'm reminded of The life of athletes, when we look at their lives, we think about LeBron James. He spends millions of dollars to run the race of basketball. When we look at that 82-game season, he doesn't start preparing when he gets to training camp. He starts preparing after he finishes the season. He takes a month off, and then he goes right back to preparing for the next season. Prepares not just only for the 82 games, but he prepares for the playoffs. And then he prepares to win the championship. On many occasions, we can see another great athlete, Jerry Rice, who conditioned his body by running an entire mountain trail. You could see in some of the documentaries that he's done, many of the players that tried to run this trail gave up. Why? Because weren't conditioned to run this type of race. He did this trail his entire season. That was his conditioning. He trained and disciplined his body to endure the rigorous grind of a football season. In this new series, Uh, We will cover four installments that will lead us further into our quarterly theme, which we're talking about expansion. Our series theme will build the layers on four ways that we can develop strong and healthy spiritual disciplines that ensure spiritual and natural growth. Week one, we want to talk about the cost of winning. Week two, we want to talk about winning is everything week three we want to cover the rewards of winning and then week four he won it all can somebody say he won it all i want us to just go into prayer now father hear our prayer on today we ask that over these next 30 days that we will experience a major shift in our thinking we'll experience a major shift in our mindset, in our thoughts. We'll, we'll experience a, a major shift in our relationship with you, our, our relationship with our family. Father, we'll, we'll experience major shifts in every part of our life, in our bodies and in our spiritual health. Father, we pray and believe that your word and your spiritual principles will become a part of our daily living and our relationship with Christ. Let this be our prayer in Jesus' name. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength, and you are our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. before we entered our, our moment of teaching here, you saw an introduction of a CrossFit video. The man was talking about his ability to train. He was talking about the rigorous grind of what it takes to be a champion. And and we'll continue to build upon this week after week. But he goes into this video, and I sat there and I watched it, and he said when he first won his first medal, he came in second place. He felt really good. He said, but then the next year in 2015, he won second place again, and he felt like he had lost everything that he had won second place in 2014 because he said he didn't give what he had to give. He, he cut some corners, and so he felt like he did not give his all. And so going into the year of 2016, he made a decision that he was not going to cut the corners, He made a decision that he was not going uh, to slack in any way. And he began to talk about, and he kind of made up this little motto. He says that I'm going to do what they will not do today. So that on tomorrow, I can do what they can't do today. Because you don't do it today, I'm going to do it today. But because I did it today... I'm going to do something bigger and better that you cannot do today because you've not done it before. So he made up in his mind that his entire life would be consumed with training. When we look at the term CrossFit here, uh, it is a form of high-intensity interval training. CrossFit is a strength and conditioning workout that is made up of functional movement performed at a high-intensity level. These movements are actions that you perform in your day-to-day life, like squatting, running, pulling, push-ups, whatever it might be. CrossFit is always going to be a high-form, intensity, interval moment of training in your life that is going to push you beyond every limit in your life. This young man in the video that you heard, he said that in the moments of pain, he would not stop. In the moments where he felt like he needed to take a break, his mind would say, you should still be working. In the moments he said that he was sitting up on Instagram and and he was drinking some coffee, uh, his body was saying, keep pushing, because you know that if you get lackadaisical, you will do what? You'll lose the race. Because he made up in his mind that he was going to do something that would cause him to win at every moment in his life. I want you to think about this definition. A form of high-intensity interval training. He began to talk about that he had to build himself up to complete every workout that he needed to do to win this CrossFit championship. So it wasn't just going in the gym and just working out. And he said that when he first started, uh, that's what he would do. He would just go in the gym. He would work out. He would play around. But he said CrossFit means that you've got to complete every workout exactly as they give it to you. You can't make it up on your own. And so he began to talk about that it takes time. A form of high-intensity interval training. We can see this here in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Paul uses the layout of an athlete, of an athlete to define what a CrossFit believer should reflect in running the race of the kingdom. Come on, let's look at this definition uh, that, that, that that kind of flowed in my heart when I look at the CrossFit believer uh, it is a vigorous intense interval training that does what it equips it empowers it engages what the life of the believer to maintain here it is a high form of endurance to resist the forces of the enemy that come to do what distract And to deter the believer from pushing forward and onward to the finish line. Did did you hear that? The CrossFit believer's uh, definition is somewhat similar to the athlete's training. Uh, I believe that when God spoke this to me, he he said that a CrossFit believer, uh, their training, it is a vigorous, intense interval training that does what? It equips, it empowers, it engages The life, the life, the whole life of the believer to maintain a what? A high form of endurance to resist the forces of the enemy that come to do what? To distract and to deter the believer from doing what? From pushing forward and onward to the finish line. If I can ask you one question, uh, you probably would agree with me. Uh, The last two and a half years uh, has taught us how to endure crisis. Some of us are so glad that they're saying you don't have to wear that mask anymore. You can go and hang out. No more social distancing. Life is getting back to the way that it was before. But the life of the believer, we have to learn how to do what? Uh, we have to learn how to endure the race. We, 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 we've heard that statement before that the race, It's not about how fast you are. The race is not about how fast you can complete the race. In in the spiritual realm we're talking about. uh, But but it's to the one who endures what? To the end. There is an end that you and I must learn how to endure to. I want to read these verses here for you. First Corinthians chapter number 9. Verses 24 and 27. I want you to see how Paul juxtaposes the life of an athlete into the life of a believer. Do you not know that in a race all runners complete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and hear this and make it yours. Verse 25. Now, every athlete who goes into training does what? Conducts themselves temperately and restricts themselves. In all things I want to read that again now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself if you if you have your Bible uh, I want you to highlight that word restrict if you're taking notes uh, I want you to highlight um, that whole line right there Uh, now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. But here's the comparison. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Verse 26. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air, and striking without an adversary. Come on now. But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardship, and subdue it for the fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, that I should become unfit. Not to stand the test, be unapproved, or rejected as or a counterfeit. Uh, we can see here that, 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 that Paul makes a binary uh, uh, comparison to the life of the believer. That the life of the believer, he does what? Uh, he conducts himself in temperament, the behavior, and he restricts himself in all things. But then he says that as a believer, I do not run uncertainly with no aim in sight, with no target in sight. I'm not out here fighting and I don't have an enemy to fight come on now that that's why the bible says uh we we do not fight against flesh and blood but we fight against what uh those things that come to do what to distract us you 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 fight against the ungodly counsel of your mind that's an enemy you fight against the lust of the flesh that's an enemy you fight against the pride of life that's an enemy of yours you're you're not fighting yourself just to fight yourself Paul is saying uh, that the race that we're running, I want to say that again, it is a vigorous, intense interval training that equips, empowers, and engages the life of the believer to maintain a high form of endurance, to resist the forces of the enemy that come to distract, to deter you and I from pushing forward and onward to the finish line. Uh, so what does it mean to be spiritually cross what, what does it mean for you and I uh, To be spiritually fit For the race of the kingdom What does it mean Number one we must be able to run our race Come on now. Uh, uh, You can see that in the scripture there. uh, So that we can do what? Run your race so that you and I may be able to lay hold of the prize. The prize of Christ. Come on. Uh, The prize of righteousness. Come on now. Uh, The prize so that our generations can reflect the work of the kingdom. The prize. There, There is a prize that you will gain, come on now, when you live for Christ. That there is a prize, there is a gold medal, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. He, he says that if you want to be spiritually fit, CrossFit, if you really want to endure the vigorous, intense, interval training that will equip and empower you to endure, then you're going to have to figure out What race has God called you and I to run? What is the race that he's called you to run? There is a race that he has placed before you. There is a calling on your life. And because there's a calling on your life, uh, there's a lane in the middle of a race that he's looking for you to be running in. Come on now. Uh, uh, You got to be careful that you don't begin to run somebody else's race. You got to be careful in this season uh, that you're not training uh, for somebody else's meat and you forget what you have to train for. I, I remember there were seasons in my life that I was doing so much for other people that when it came time for me to do for myself, I had no energy. I had no enthusiasm. I, I, I had nothing that I could do to help myself because I had become engulfed in helping other people run their race. And I forgot that I was in the race myself. Come on now. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you gotta be so selfish, but you gotta understand that everybody that's in a track meet with teammates, but they're all running to do what? Get first place. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. It, it, it's it, uh, everybody on a track meet, they're all running to get what? The gold medal nobody's saying, okay, we're we're all going to push you, you get the gold, and I get, no, 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 no. We all going to either get gold, silver, or bronze. The whole team needs to medal, but I want to win the first prize, the the gold medal. Paul is saying that when you run your own race, that you've got to be intentional about winning that race that you're running. Come on now. The life of Christ. You and I have to be intentional. And then he says, you've got to not only run the race, but he says, run the race by making it yours. Knowing and understanding the importance of the race we are running makes the race more meaningful and personal. Can I tell you something? That living for Christ is personal. I know that they teach you in church, don't take it personal. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. When your family is going down the drain, you better take it personal. When the enemy is attacking your life, you better take it personal. Why? Because you're running the race. You're 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 a part and you've been training the vigorous, intense Interval moments of training and you just let it go down the drain and and you're just going to walk away from the race. No, you've been training too long and and you've endured too long. So he says, make it personal because when you make it personal, you're going to make sure that it doesn't fail. You're gonna make sure that you don't lose the race. You're, you're gonna make sure that you finish strong, even if you're the last one to cross the finish line. Because I made up my mind to run the race that God has placed in my life. I'm going to win, and I'm gonna win strong. That's why we titled uh, uh, this this March series uh, 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 "Winning in Worship." I got to win in worship. My worship. It's my relationship with Christ. It's my responsibility as a believer in Christ. Uh, it, It is my ability to study His Word and to walk out His Word and to live out His Word for my life. So what does it mean to do that? I like what it says here in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But the one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. He says, forgetting that which lies behind me. I like what the Amplified Bible says. says, And straining forward to what lies ahead. Here we go. Verse 14. I press toward the gold to win the supreme and heavenly prize which... To which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. There is a strain. There is a rigorous grind that Paul is saying that must take place in the life of the believer if serving God is easy for you then I question if you're really serving the God that I know come on now I I really question if you're really serving and walking uh, this line of living for Christ and it's so easy for you come on now Uh, it wasn't easy for Jesus so then how can it be easy for you he says that if you're going to reign with me you gotta learn how to suffer with me. You gotta learn how to endure. You you gotta learn how to go through the vigorous, high form of intensity, interval training that will engage in power and equip you to run this race. Come on now, because this race is not for the weak. This race is not for those who can't handle pressure. This type of race. Is not for those who are going to give up and quit and turn around and run back to doing nothing. This is not the type of race that I'm calling you to live. I'm calling you to live out, out a race that will cause you to endure times of difficulty. Come on now. Times of hardship. What, what, what does it mean? Come on now, Bishop. What, what does it mean? You, you said, number one, we've got to run our race. But, but then what does it mean? To be spiritually crossfit in this season in my life, where I'm looking for God to expand my business, where I'm looking for God to expand my career, I'm looking for God to 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 allow me to enlarge my territory. I've got to learn to run the race. And then number two, we should be available and willing to restrict ourselves to proper training by having what the right temperament to endure. The hard and rigorous demands that are placed upon us to win the race. Training is essential to the life of the believer. Come on now. My training in the things of God are essential to my belief. Come on now. If if you're not strong in faith, then you'll never believe that God is going to bring you through. If if, if your faith is not at a level that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then you'll live in doubt. You'll believe that he'll only do it for you when it's easy. You'll believe that he'll only do it for you because somebody gave you a prophetic word. You'll believe that he'll only do it for you when you keep on fleecing him. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. No, 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 no. You've got to believe God even when you cannot see it. Even when you cannot hear it. Training is essential. To the life of the believer. Well, what do you mean by that, Bishop? Becoming a student, a disciple of Christ. Becoming a student, a disciple of Christ, requires an aptitude of patience. Your training will not happen overnight. <laughs> Come on now. It took LeBron James a long time to become a champion. He had won the MVPs, all-star, got all the money, have no worry in the world, but he didn't have the one thing that he was training for, a ring on his finger. Every athlete runs to do what? To receive what? The championship. The title of I'm a champion. That when you introduce LeBron James now, you have to say three-time NBA champion or 4 Oh, he said four. Yeah, he won two in Miami. Yeah. You know, uh, when you look at a a singer, a recording artist, you know what I'm saying? Three times, Grammy Award winning, not nominated. (laughs) There's two differences. One is nominated and one wins. It's good to hear that I was nominated. But I still didn't win the race how I envisioned me winning the race. I I got to the nomination, but now I want the award. I want to see it sitting on my mantle. I want to be able to hold it in my hand. There there is something that God wants you to hold in your hand, but you're going to have to run the race, and then you're going to have to be available for the proper training to take place in your life so that you can accomplish every goal that God has set out for you to do. Come on now, hear, hear that. Why is it in training? Because without proper training and skill, That is needed to run the race in times of trouble and difficulty, the enemy will rage a war upon us that will be forced out of the race. How many times have you been forced out of the race? How many people you know that are not here today because they're forced out of the race of serving God? How many people do you know today that make up the excuse, I'm not coming to church because of this and I'm not serving God because of this. Why? Because you didn't receive the proper training that would have given you the ability to endure hard and difficult times and because you did not submit and we did not submit ourselves to that training, the enemy caught us at our weakest moment and he forced us out of the race so you're not married anymore and and you stopped school and you gave up on your business and you gave up on Sunday morning experience and so worship now is just something that you do because you're trying to please God and he says that your worship should be pleasing so much to me because you're successful in your life, you're successful in your faith, you're successful in winning in the things that you have been called to do and so now I worship you with a cheerful heart I don't worship you out of animosity whoo that's powerful come on now how many of us are coming to church and lifting our hands with animosity as if God forced me out of the race come on now Jesus didn't force you out of the race the enemy forced you out because you put your training down when you should have been praying you were doing something else when you should have given up something you decided to continue life when you should have gave into something and you should have surrendered to the weak areas of your life when God was saying if you would just surrender to this one area I'll open up everything in your life but I need you to surrender the seed that you could have sown Come on now. Paul says here in verse 25 that that every athlete that goes into a place of training they restrict themselves from anything that will cause them to fail, lose or be distracted. James 1 and 12 says blessed happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands under temptation for when he has stood the test and approved he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Uh, 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 if you and I are going to win this race, we're running the race, but then now you got to restrict yourself to a moment where you don't leave your training because you become impatient. Ooh. God, I, I need you to take this debt away from me. I, I, I need you to pay this bill for me. I, 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 I didn't built my credit up and, and now money is funny and I don't want to go back down to a zero in my credit. I, I, I don't want to go back down. I've been able to pay some things off, but but you cannot become impatient because you don't see it happening. Uh, he says, stay in the race and, and allow what you've been trained to do. Allow what you've been trained to do to come up out of you come on now i'm gonna stay right here until my change comes i'm going to wait on the lord come on now i'm not gonna tire. come on now i'm not become i'm not gonna become discouraged or become weary in my well-doing because i know if i stay right here and i don't fake my reaping season is going to happen my my due season is going to take place but i cannot abandon my training cannot abandon my relationship with Jesus. I I can't turn my back on him right now. I've got to face and confront that the bills are due. I've got to face and confront that there is some anxiety and frustration. I've got to face and confront the reality that life is going to happen and the race of Christ is going to happen at the same time. That while you're running the race of Christ, that the enemy is running right next to you son. I wish you would just quit. Uh, it ain't going to happen. Uh, you see that you're tired right now. It's raining. It's cold. Why don't you just take a break and start over tomorrow? Why don't you just shut your mouth? Because you have no authority. My hair. Uh, stand upon your head. Come on now. Uh, uh, I break you down and you now become my footstool. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to crush you and run on top of your head. But I will not quit the race that God has called me to endure he's given me a grace to overcome a grace to win he's given me power that'll make me strong come on now come on give me something come on now he's given me power that'll make me strong he's given me power to overcome every struggle and the temptation that says that I won't win come on now I might not win at your pace Come on now, but I'm going to win. Come on now. I might not win at the pace of Body Trace Fit, that foolishness that she be doing, but I'm going to win at my pace. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Your pace is your pace. As long as you run the race with Body Trace Fit, as long as you can stay in the race, you can win. Come on, say it. As long as I stay in the race, I can win. Come on, say it again. As long as I stay in the race, I will win. Come on, say I will win because I'm in the race and I've learned how to depend on the training. I've learned how to trust in God. I've learned how to believe on him. I've learned how to lean and depend on something that is greater. Come on now. People don't come to church today because they have gotten out of the race. Come on now. Come on now, it's time that we stop blaming the preacher. It's time that you stop telling the preacher what he needs to preach so that you can be satisfied. No, 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 no. Your training says that you need to study to show yourself approved. A workman neatly, rightly dividing the word of God. So when temptation enters my mind, so that when when the when the issues of thoughts of lust, the pride of life come to get me out of the race, I can go back and say, Bishop said that if I would trust in the Lord ah hallelujah he said that if my mind stayed upon him he would give me peace in the middle of the storm peace in the raging storms of my life if I would just stay right here and just lift up my hands and praise him and magnify him I win the race but every time you walk away and you run away and you throw the word down and you stomp on it and you don't live by it you quit Quit the race and the enemy wins. But the devil is a lie. I refuse to lose. I refuse to give up because Christ has already won it all. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. You quit because you're tired. You quit because you stopped trusting. You didn't quit because somebody did something to you. Paul says run the race and make it yours we quit because you tired of losing not understanding that every champion has to learn how to lose but lose in the race don't lose on the sideline don't turn in your uniform and retire it's too early to retire come on now number one if I want to be spiritually cross fit I got to learn how to run the race and, and make it mine. I take it personal. You, you know, people people tell me, you know, you you do this and you do that. But a pastor who doesn't take it personal, that people don't come to church, then why are you preaching? A pastor that don't go home and cry because people don't join the church, then why are you preaching? A church that's open and people don't give then, and, and it don't bother you, then why are you preaching the gospel? because the gospel should be able to wash you in the word so much that you accept Christ in your life. The gospel of Jesus Christ should wash you so much that you become a disciple of Christ and you begin to go tell somebody else about how God washed you in the word and how your bishop taught you the word and now you're bringing other people to Christ and now we have a church that is not only full of believers but it's full of resources. Come on now. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing what. I'm saying why do we have church and we don't have resources to feed people why are we worshiping and we're not excited about telling other people about the God that we know then what are we doing we're wasting our time oh y'all ain't hear what I'm saying uh, a real church says that when you leave out of here you're going to pick up the phone and say baby why did you quit the race uh, why wouldn't you here today baby why you ain't doing this and why you don't want to do this and now we want to talk about why do you talk about tithing it's an insult that we as an African American church negotiate our tithe when God woke you up when he put breath in your body when he saved your life when he brought you out and now we sit here and we question if I am I'm gonna give to a living God that's still breathing in my life. Hey, <laughs> oh, I feel the power come, son. Come on, he said. If you're gonna run the race, it's not for free, you gotta pay the price in what you give to, and what you give into, and in what you give up. Come on, now you got a business. And your store is open every week and people walk past it and you're telling me it won't hurt your feelings? The devil is a lie. You're offering resources to people and they turn around and they act as if they don't need it and you're telling me it don't hurt your feelings? Well, then don't tell me and don't tell the Rock Church that we shouldn't take it personal. That people feel as if you can just grab God when you want to grab him. No, Paul says, you got to run this race yourself. You got to work out your own soul salvation. You, you, got, you got to understand that you're in the race and we're all in the race. And that when we quit, when one quits, it weakens the link of the kingdom. Come on now. Come on now. Hear this. This is not a rant today this is the word of God. Do you think that Jesus doesn't take it personal that he gave his life on Calvary, that they punched him in his face, they spit in his face, come on now, uh, and he never said a mumbling word. They beat him until his mama couldn't recognize who he was. They took the garments off of his back and they and they gambled him away. They laughed at him. They talked about him. Do you think that Jesus and his father doesn't take it personal that he gave his only begotten son that you and I might have a life more abundantly and we turn around and crucify him all over again because stop running the race oh, I'm here I'm here I gotta run the race I gotta be available for, tra- for proper training but then number three he says it right here number three That we should be available to know what my target is. What's your goal? What's the end result? Come on now. When you go to work every Monday, your end result is to do what? To bring home that bag. You ain't going to work because you just want to. You're going to work because you got to do what? Take care of yourself. You got some things that you want to do. You want to go to Vegas. You want to go on a trip. You want to hang out. Get your nails done. Get your hair done. You want to have something that you can put up and live off of. Come on now. Paul says that every runner that runs a race, he runs his own race. He makes it so personal that he might not be happy when his friend crosses and sets the world record in the olympics and he loses i'm smiling but i'm hurting come on now but in christ we all receive the same crown in christ we all receive the same medal in christ we all receive the gift of the holy ghost we all receive the power of healing. We all receive faith. We all receive grace. Come on now. We all receive his mercy. Come on now. He's not a respected person. Come on now. Uh, his unconditional love is for you and I and even the drunk out on the street. Come on now. His unconditional love is for all of us. Come on now. That's what makes running the rice for Christ so important. So I finish here, never running aimlessly without an end goal in mind. Paul says, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without a definite aim. He moves further into the verse by saying that he doesn't box as if he's beating at the air. Knowing what your goals in life are and understanding what it's going to take will make the journey much easier as we're running the race. Think about the moments and the wasted time in certain situations when we did not plan to endure, to be available for proper training, but the target in mind and how it affected the race we're running. It has affected our generations. It has affected the way this generation sees and believes in God. Because somewhere along the line, we as pastors gave you an excuse to, to run the race any type of way you want to run it. Live any type of way you want to run, it, and Jesus will love you through it. The devil is a lie. Paul says. That if you're going to live for Christ, you got to learn and be trained to endure times of trial, hardship, and temptation. You can't quit because it didn't work yesterday. you got to keep working that thing. Y'all know how many times they told me to quit? <laughs> Mother Williams, do you know how many times my peers who love me so much and they want to see the best for me say Graves, do something else man you got so many gifts so many talents but what would you do if the rock church was closed today what would you where would we be if I would have listened to my own thoughts to say don't show up because nobody's going to show up (laughs) where would we be today how can they hear without a preacher? <laughs> How can they get to Jesus without a man of God who can cry, who can lift his hands, and who can keep believing that one day God is going to do what? Give us a crown here that we can see a finished race where we can start running again. But we got to finish this race strong. Like how he ends this here. In verse 27, he says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for the fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel, And the things pertaining to it, I should become unfit not to stand the test to be approved and rejected as a counterfeit. If I were to quit, (laughs) and when I use the word quit, meaning just stop preaching forever, turn my back and just walk away, and I never preach the gospel. Paul says, that if we were to do that we would be like a counterfeit because if I'm teaching you to endure that means that I'm the first person that has to be the reflection of enduring how can you teach what you yourself don't want to live and then when you teach it you give yourself a pass but you don't give others that you've been teaching to the same path. But then here it is. How do you require me as your bishop to do something that you yourself won't do? That's fair, right? That's fair. How do you require me as a preacher to live a way that you won't live yourself? but then you hold me accountable to something that you quit on. Church people holding the church accountable to something that they have given up on because you hurt and because you went through something. Because you were abused and because you didn't go through but not understanding. That the same preacher that you see preaching every Sunday went through the same abuse. Went through the same misfortunes where people would bring me in and would give the next man more and turn around and give me pennies to go back home. Doors were closed because I decided to run a race that I was not gonna misuse my ability in being a husband to my wife so they shut the doors and they said you can't travel with us because you're gonna you're gonna live too holy and you're gonna be too perfect and you can't sit with us because you're a preacher and and you do this and you do that and i'm worthy enough to sit around you when you smoke weed and cuss but I'm not worthy enough to speak in your life every Sunday morning. Come on now. I, I really want to give you this because this is what the season of Lent talks about. It talks about how Jesus gave everything for his culture and they turned around and they crucified him. When all he wanted to do was say, I know you're committing adultery woman, but stand up. Be healed, go in faith, and sin no more. And they persecuted him because he was teaching the gospel. It's only right that if we're all going to run the race, that if you quit the race, I have every right to come and say, why did you quit? And why did you walk away? What did we do? What did the team do? Come on now. Come on now. We're building something here, and you walked away from us because the Lord told me He didn't tell you that. Stop lying. Lord ain't gonna tell you to jump out of the middle of a race while the team is depending on your faith to push us through, and we're all He gonna tell you to do that when we're done, just like He does that in the middle of the season. There's a trade deadline. There's a season where God's going to say get off the ship now because it ain't moving. But when the ship is moving God's going to tell you to jump off in the middle of an ocean. No, no, no. He's going to tell you to keep running. Keep serving until it docks. Until it finishes its course. Come on, lift your hands. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. But sometimes we got to we got to bring reality to this disconnect that God is so consumed with church hurt that he overlooks what he wants. That God is so consumed with what you want that he's going to lay off and decide that he's going to change his mind for something that will not be faithful to him. Whew. What are you willing to give up in this season? What are you willing to give in to? I want to surrender. (laughs) I want to surrender to this. I just want to say yes. And then what are you willing to give to? Who can you do, do something kind for? I can go to work and I can make sure that I pray over my office space. Not out aloud, but just I can call a loved one that I haven't spoke to in five years and say I love you. I miss you. I'm not telling you to go out here and lay your life out. No, that's not what we're saying. This is something that you are personally committed to and you keep it to yourself. You're not posting it on Facebook. You're not posting it on Instagram. No. This is for you and your relationship with God. It's a personal time, your race. This is your training. So as we prepare to serve the table today, I want each and every one of you to think about what took place in the life of Jesus Christ. What took place? What what happened on that night? It says, and on that night in which he was betrayed, (laughs) he took the, the bread, He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it. On the night that he was betrayed, Brittany, that Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver carry. He decided that he was going to do what? Break the bread. Which represents the moments that Judas. Betrayed him, it broke the body in half. Right. The fellowship on that night, he knew that he was going to be betrayed. He he knew it. I want you to really take this picture. I know that there is something in my life that is going to betray me, but I'm willing to pay the cost. I'm willing to allow the body to be broken so that God can make it whole again. Come on now. I want you to stand on your feet. Come on and just worship him right there. Come on, just. Those three areas. What I'm willing to give up. Jesus says I'm willing to give up my entire life And then he says, I'm, I'm willing to give in to surrendering to the will of my father. Because it was in the garden where he says, Can you just let this cup pass from me? Can you take it away? He goes to the disciples that were, should have been praying for them and should have been praying for him, and he says, Can you not pray with me for one hour? And they fall back asleep. He goes back, and the burden is still there. And then he finally says, let thy will be thy will. I give in, and I surrender to the will that is my assignment, my race, the race of Christ was not only just to be born, not only just to heal, But his assignment was to die. His assignment was to be betrayed. He was trained to endure that weekend. (laughs) Everything else, he had already saw his father do. I just messed y'all up right there. Come on now. Everything else, he had already saw his father heal. He had already saw his father do miracles. He, he had already saw his father do it in the Old Testament, how he opened up the Red Sea, but he never seen his father die. He'd never seen his father stand on the cross. The proper training that he went through, the high form of intensity interval training that would equip empower and engage him to do what? To be betrayed and on that night in which he was betrayed he says that this will be the last supper (laughs) he goes to the cross he dies on the cross his reward was not only just to get up but his reward is that he would reunite with his daddy again God wants to reunite you and I with the passion of rewarding us with victory and many of us don't know what victory look like because all we've seen is defeat all we've experienced Is defeat. All we have experienced is injury after injury and after injury. And every time it looks like I'm two up, Chris Paul, and I still lose. What do I do when I've given everything to win? Fight. Father, we thank you. We worship we honor you. Thank you. I just want to recommit my life. I just want to become close. If you're here today, I want you to lift your hand. You need prayer today, I just want you to lift your hand. Father, this is our prayer that over these next Days, the commitments that we make to you during the times that it gets hard or difficult, life is happening, that we won't quit. We won't abandon what we're giving up. That we won't turn our backs on what we have surrendered to. We won't free ourselves from what we've surrendered to. And that Father will be cheerful and what we give to whatever that may be it may giving it may be the start of reestablishing my covenant and giving back to you through my tithe or my offering through paying off of a debt through blessing someone with a dinner whatever it may be that we do it with a cheerful heart so Father we thank you that the grace of God and the peace of God rest upon us so father we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen everybody have a great day today I love you I appreciate you let's keep our entire nation in prayer let's keep the entire country of Ukraine in prayer can you guys imagine if the entire city of Houston was devastated that's what one of those cities in Ukraine looked like there are millions of people in Houston I said in Ukraine it's almost close to 5 million some odd people during this season let's pray for them if you didn't have a chance to give on today your tithe the covenant that you make with God A 10%. If you didn't have a chance to give your offering, that which opens up the windows of blessing, if you didn't have a chance to to give your seed today, your love seed, that which creates a harvest, I want you to be committed to doing that. We love you. We appreciate you. Have a great day. And may the blessing of the Lord and the peace of God rest on your life. Peace to the family. Peace to the bishop. And peace to us all. God bless. Amen.